0: Hey, if you're invested in the Las Vegas mayoral race, and really we should all be, you're going to want to check out the Nevada Independent Mayoral Forum on Wednesday, May 15th at the Fountain Blue. The Indy CEO, John Ralston, will be moderating a live panel with the three frontrunners. You know, it could get spicy, so don't miss it. Tickets are available at thenevadaindependent.com events. And as a bonus for CityCast Las Vegas members, we've got two pairs of tickets we're giving away tonight. So make sure to join at membership.citycast.fm if you haven't already.
1: When someone who's clearly showing signs of being unstable is charged with a crime... The prosecution has to shut down until that person is found competent to stand trial. But in Clark County, there's a problem that's been going on for two decades. It can take weeks, sometimes months to even get evaluated. It's gotten so bad that the government is literally fining the government tens of thousands of dollars with no end in sight. Review Journal reporter Caitlin Newberg has just written a feature on the Troubles Incompetency Court. She's here to tell us why it's so hard to fix and how this matters to our community. It's Monday, October 30th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Review Journal reporter Caitlin Newberg, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas.
0: Hi, David. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, I've got some questions about this lingering problem, but let's, I guess, start from the start. Who goes to competency court and what happens there?
0: Right. So competency court is the process that defendants will go through when they're obviously mentally ill. Oftentimes, defense attorneys request a competency hearing because their clients like, just aren't able to help with their case. So you'll basically go and you'll get evaluated by some doctors. And a lot of the time, the doctors will say, yeah, this person cannot stand trial right now. They don't understand what's going on with the court proceedings, or they just can't help their defense attorney. Oftentimes when that happens, defendants will be sent to state psychiatric hospitals to undergo competency restoration treatment. And that process can take anywhere from a couple of weeks to a couple of months. But the vast majority of people who are deemed incompetent will eventually be found competent again. They just have to go through this treatment, whether they need like mental health drugs or some like group therapy sessions. They just need to get stabilized so they can face trial. I feel like a lot of times when we think about stuff like competency hearings and, um, mentally ill defendants, we think of people in TV or movies who plead like guilty by reason of insanity, which is actually very rare.
1: Right. So when when they get sent off for this treatment, I mean, it could be drugs, involuntary or otherwise. What what are the rules, Caitlin, around competency timetables? Uh, Like how long do they have to, I guess, for lack of a better word, recompetize. That's a horrible word. Stabilize the uh, defendant so that they are found competent?
0: Well, the process could take anywhere from a couple of weeks to a couple of months. Um, I'll I'll see a lot of defendants who will go through this process for even up to a year. Eventually, Mm. it's pretty rare, but eventually a doctor will recommend to a judge and say, hey, this person's just not going to be competent at all and they need to be admitted for long-term care, which that's also pretty rare, and that's usually only in the more serious cases. But the majority of people will get stabilized. The problem is that a judge will have to enter an order saying this person is not competent, they need to have treatment, and past litigation has created a precedent where then the state has about a week to send that person to a state psychiatric hospital for treatment. So you're supposed to get treatment within a week. And that's kind of where the issues are coming up in competency court where people just aren't being transferred and they're just sitting in jail.
1: Okay. So that's the timetable that I I found most interesting in your reporting on this is that there were some cases uh, and some laws interpreted that require things to be sped up in this process. And I guess the question is, how is Clark County falling short?
0: Well, right now, The waitlist in Clark County for defendants to be transferred up to the state psych hospitals is about 100 people long. So over the past, I'd say about a year and a half, the wait times have gone up to like three to four months. While there's always been wait times, like they've never consistently gotten it to a week, as far as I can tell, the wait times have just been getting longer and longer to where like a judge will say, hey, in April, hey, this person needs to get treatment. And then they won't be transferred or receive any treatment until August. And it's just taking a long time.
1: So the agency in charge of kind of making sure all that happens is a state agency called the Division of Public and Behavioral Health. What are they saying when they're getting essentially in trouble for not meeting these, these timetables?
0: Yeah, so the Division of Public and Behavioral Health has basically been claiming for years that there are staffing issues. That are causing these delays, and they just don't have the resources to treat people in the timeline that the law requires. In recent court filings, the health department has basically said, hey, this isn't our fault. There are all of these outside reasons why people aren't getting treated in a timely manner. And the public defenders and the lawyers have basically argued back that it doesn't matter if there's Outside forces or staffing issues, you still have to treat people in this timeline, and these people still need to go to the hospitals and they still need to get their treatment so that they can stand trial and move through the court system fast.
1: And it seems like the Nevada Supreme Court has ruled against the Nevada Health Department because uh, they said, nope, those excuses don't hold. In your story, you looked into uh, $55 million that was apportioned by the Nevada legislature to help fix some of these gaps and staffing lags and all that stuff that they were complaining about. So what happened to that $55 million?
0: So that's a good question. It's a little unclear what's going to happen to that right now. But that $55 million was approved during the last legislative session, and it came from COVID relief money, basically. The plan was for officials to restore a section of the Las Vegas Attention Center and they were going to turn one of the wings in the city jail into a basically a psychiatric center or a psychiatric ward. They were going to do that because the law currently says you have to go through restoration treatment in a state psychiatric hospital. This can't happen in the jails. So oh, their I solution see. was yeah, their solution was let's just make more beds in one of the jails and that'll reduce the wait list, right? The problem is the state health department went to the legislature the other week and they said, hey, this renovation project at the city jail is no longer feasible. We can't do it in the timeline and we're not gonna be able to make any new beds. Um, They cited some construction projects at the jail that was interrupting their timeline. And then when I asked the city about it, they said there was no construction project ongoing. They just had to do a lot more work renovating the wing. That's all a tangent. But um, yeah, basically, this plan that they had to address the problem and reduce the wait times by adding more beds is apparently not going to happen anymore. Instead, the health department wants to create some like general mental health programs at the county jails, which they said would help reduce the times that people would have to go through the restoration treatment but the lawmakers during the finance committee meeting were pretty skeptical if that was going to actually address the root cause of this problem.
1: So, Caitlin, is that $55 million still uh, around or is it uncertain?
0: So, from my understanding of it, the $55 million is no longer allocated to this project. So, it still exists, but it's no longer basically assigned to the renovation. Instead, the health department's asking for something like 15 million for the general mental health programs at the county jails.
1: Okay, so even a smaller Band-Aid than before, um, (laughs) which probably is not going to get them out of trouble with the courts because they keep getting fined. And, And speaking of those fines, I mean, they're not insignificant. They're coming close to six figures in total. Uh, at $500 a pop. So that's a lot of fining going on. Um, right. where, where's that money going, the fines?
0: So the fines are being paid to the Legal Aid Center of Southern Nevada right now. And it's $500 a day for defendants who are not being timely transferred. Um, but it's only in cases where there is a contempt order. Basically, there was a Supreme Court case where the public defender said, hey, there's about a dozen or so defendants where contempt orders have been filed because they've been sitting in jail. And the judge has issued the contempt orders, but the health department is trying to fight this. The Supreme Court allowed the contempt orders to go forward. So now that we have that Supreme Court ruling, the state basically has to pay up and start like addressing these fines that have come from these cases.
1: Yeah. And, and I saw the number at the tally currently is around what was it eighty six thousand something like that
0: eighty three we're at eighty three thousand wow and it's unclear if that's only for one case or if that's for multiple cases I couldn't get a clear answer on that but I I I do know the state has recently paid eighty three thousand to the Legal Aid Center of Southern Nevada because of the contempt orders with more fines being possible in the future. <laughs>
1: Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas' most talked-about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve. it's just so mind-blowing to me Caitlin it's literally one government entity finding another government entity and the Supreme Court saying yeah that is good and let's give it to this uh, nonprofit that generally helps the access to justice um there have been stories about these delays Caitlin going back 20 years right why can't they get it together
0: well yeah like you said there's been federal, lawsuits going back to the mid 2000s. And it really just seems like there's been a systemic issue with staffing and resources at the health department when it comes to mental health treatment. There have been time periods where the wait times have been shorter, but as our city grows, we get more people here. We get more people going through the court system and we have more people who are getting arrested who need mental health treatment. So it's kind of like almost a feedback loop where our population grows. But that leads to more people getting arrested, which leads to more people needing competency hearings and just keeps going on and on. And if the state health department isn't addressing the root of the problem and creating more resources, then I don't see how this is going to get better.
1: Yeah, I I mean, are you ever hearing a suggestion that there's a bias because these are people, after all, who have committed crimes or accused of committing crimes, and they traditionally don't get priority and are often sort of neglected or forgotten. Is is that part of this story, you think?
0: Honestly, I think it's a pretty niche topic, right? I don't think a lot of people understand what competency restoration treatment is or a competency court is. So it's not like a sexy thing we can throw funding at to fix a widespread problem. A lot of these people are in jail already. Um, Some of them are accused of violent crimes, but they they still need mental health treatment and they still need to go through the court system in a timely manner and not have their constitutional rights violated. So I think it's just easy for people to not see that it's a problem
1: yeah, especially poor people, marginalized people. You know, right. uh, Caitlin, one thing I, I thought was interesting, there's this through line uh, in in the form of of Christy Craig. back in 2015 when uh, she was a public defender here in Clark County, she was a leader in the successful fight to fix this lag time and this sort of injustice in general and these competency determinations. And now, Christy Craig is the elected judge who presides over these same tragic flaws that are being exposed in competency court. Caitlin, you've been in her courtroom. You've seen these proceedings. How does Judge Craig handle it all?
0: Yeah, well, she's the one who's issuing these contempt orders in the first place. Well, there you go. (laughs) So She's the one who has agreed with the public defender and said, yeah, we should be holding the health department in contempt for not transferring people. From going to these hearings I get the sense that she is also frustrated with the process. I reached out to her for this story and she declined to comment just because of her current position as a judge, you know. Sure. But she does have a history with the public defender's office and it's obvious that she cares a lot about competency court and about like treating these defendants and it's just it just seems frustrating from all sides that these delays have been going on for so long,
1: and and I know Judge Craig, and I know she's a person that doesn't um, pull her punches. If she has something to say, she will say it. Have there been any times in court where it's maybe gotten a little tense, or that her uh, demeanor suggested uh, something even beyond frustration that you can recall?
0: Yeah, well, last Friday or the Friday before the story came out, I was sitting in competency court, and there was a case where the state health department wanted to keep somebody in treatment for longer because they were like, oh, this person, we're almost there. He's almost going to be found competent, right? And Judge Craig instead had to rule that, no, this person needs to be released from custody because they were delayed treatment for so long that now their sentence had run out, basically. Like, they got sentenced for a gross misdemeanor, and now their time had run out. So um,
1: that- That was a situation where somebody it was taking so long with this competency restoration process that it outlasted the maximum sentence they could have gotten for the crime that they were charged. Is is that yeah? Oh my.
0: Basically, this person had pleaded guilty to a gross misdemeanor, which carries a maximum year sentence, and then was going through the competency court process again. And the state wanted to keep them in for longer, but it had already been a year. They had served out their maximum sentence. So Judge Craig instead had to say, no, we need to release them. They have to go to a different facility now.
1: Well, I, I mean, that that's a, a very stark example. But you've also reported on people who are literally dying in custody while they're awaiting to complete this process that was mandated to happen much, much faster. Uh Yeah. Was there anything about those stories or even other stories that just was really stark to you as as a person who is basically memorializing all this?
0: Yeah. So uh, we found two cases where somebody had died before they were transferred to get their competency restoration treatment. And one of them, this guy was allegedly beaten to death by his cellmate while he was in Clark County Detention Center weeks after he had been ordered to be transferred. If you read the arrest reports from that homicide story, it seems pretty clear that this inmate who was killed was mentally ill and had issues with his cellmate. And that might have been what led to the confrontation.
1: And he wasn't even supposed to be there. He was uh, under the the timetables that have been mandated. He was already supposed to be up into the the state institution for. Yeah, he had been
0: right. He was supposed to be transferred within a week, but it was six weeks after the order to send him up there. There's another inmate who had a history of schizophrenia and like blatant mental health issues. He was ordered to go get treatment, but he was kept in the detention center for a couple of weeks. And it got to the point where, if you read his autopsy report, he had stopped eating. He had been seen for forcing himself to throw up until eventually he was found dead in his cell. By the time they found him, like rigor mortis had already set in. And it was really, really terrible. Oh,
1: God, it, it just doesn't yeah. like, you know, here's somebody in a mental health crisis, you know, irrespective of whatever he was charged with and just being neglected. And I guess that just leads to the the ultimate question here. I mean, cases that require a competency hearing, they're a pretty small portion of the overall cases that move through the Clark County justice system. Are these delays something that says something about the bigger system, you think, Caitlin?
0: Yeah, I I think it shows that like a lot of different aspects of the criminal justice system, especially in Southern Nevada, there's just a lot of cases that people have to go through. And there's a lot of backlog. You saw this over COVID with murder cases. There was just dozens and dozens and cases getting delayed for years and people not standing trial for years it just shows that a lot of people are getting arrested and there's a lot going on and we might not necessarily have the resources to address everything happening with the courts
1: yeah are you are you getting any interesting feedback from the community on your reporting about this issue or are you going to keep reporting on this one
0: i definitely want to keep reporting on it and see how this goes um I wish more people cared about this, honestly. It's just, like I said, it's just a niche topic that's kind of hard to explain. And sometimes it feels like it's hard to get people to care about defendants who are mentally ill. You know, like a lot of these people, some of these people are in here for violent crimes, but a lot of them are just facing misdemeanors or gross misdemeanors for crimes that relate to homelessness or trespassing or drugs, you know? And sometimes it's hard to get, people to care about that.
1: Well, Caitlin, we're going to keep following your reporting on this. And thanks for joining us, Caitlin. Thanks for having me. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend? That's a good thing to do. Rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Until then, stay lucky.
0: At the end of that, she did say, like, we're going to have a discussion about why this happened.
1: Oh, that's that's never a scold you want to hear from a judge.
0: (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs)